This is essential. 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 This is essential audio. We're in a similar moment at the dawn of the 5G age. Um, we know that when fully deployed, when full, robust national 5G networks are, are live across the country and devices are out and people are using it, these networks are going to be a hundred times faster, connect a hundred times more devices have five times the responsiveness of of 4G networks. And so there's a lot of opportunity there. That's Nick Ludlum, the VP of Communications at CTIA, the Wireless Association, talking about the possibilities of 5G. And welcome to The Money Pot, our podcast at Money 2020. I'm Keisha Allison, head of content at Money 2020 USA, and I'm here with Gary Dempsey, content lead for Money 2020 EU. Hey, Gary. Hey, Keisha. So before we get too far in with our guests, I wanted to take a moment to give us a baseline for why 5G is a big deal. I always like to give a little bit of primer to our audience to get everyone on the same page. I do too, but I think we need to start with 4G because it'll explain why we're excited for the innovations in 5G. 4G enabled what could be called the app economy. Yes, it enables companies like Uber, Airbnb, and Venmo. Without the speeds of 4G, it would have been difficult to build those businesses. And as Mr. Ludlam said, 5G will be faster. They estimate that it will be 600 times faster than your typical 4G connection that your phone currently has. And that's going to feel like real time. It's as fast or faster than the human brain can process reality. So 5G makes hyperconnectivity possible. And when we are discussing hyperconnectivity, we are talking about the explosion of new devices all connected. Cars, homes and home devices. And phones are just the tip of the iceberg. But when we talk about 5G, we are really discussing the interaction of the network speed, artificial intelligence, and the Internet of Things. 5G has the potential to change how we experience the world. And that is exactly why I spoke to Arnold Goldberg from PayPal and Nick Ludlum. So before we go further... Hi, everyone. I'm Arnold Goldberg. Um, I am the chief product architect for PayPal. I've been at PayPal for about eight years or so and have been doing this job for the last year. And basically what it tries to do is investigate new technologies uh, on behalf of our customers and and what we could possibly use in the future, short or long term. Hi, my name is Nick Ludlam. I'm senior vice president of communications at CTIA, the Wireless Industry Association. The CTIA has made Spectrum, particularly 5G, a priority. As we spoke to Arnold and Nick, we got the chance to dig into the possibilities that 5G creates. And what does it mean that it works in real time or as fast as our brain processes? Yeah, it's an interesting question. The the classic example that people really cite is one that that feels kind of out there and yet people are doing it today, which is remote surgery. There are are examples of people using 5G connectivity uh, where a surgeon and a medical team in one city um, are performing some sort of medical procedure on a patient in in another, and I think that just that that gives you a little bit of the sense of what that responsiveness can really do. This idea that that you could be having a procedure and your doctor's not even in the room, um, and so there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, it, it really creates a whole kind of new platform where. As I, as I mentioned earlier, everything has that intelligence and connectivity 
that that's that's real time and and you can bring or enable experiences where the limit is really only what we can imagine because everything around us is connected and has you know the full capabilities of you know modern day advanced computing power artificial intelligence you name it so i could be here in london and a specialist in new york could be performing a procedure on me i don't know if i'm looking forward to that or not but I would look forward to the end of my Wi-Fi issues and the delay in responsiveness when I am trying to find or order things. <laughs> Which is more in the area of financial services. The most prominent new value proposition is 5G's ability to further facilitate touch-free interactions and payments, which have gone from uh, that's kind of fun to definite must-have during the pandemic. We keep having to repeat that COVID-19 has been an accelerator and has permanently shifted customer payment behaviours. The rule in payments has always been meet the customer where they are. People laughed at the death of cash. Now the customer is six feet away and no one wants to touch that germ-ridden cash. Arnold agrees with you. And payment tech that has been more popular in Asia, like QR codes, are finding a lot of adopters. Now that, that QR codes and, and new touchless experiences are out in the wild and people are trying to figure out how do they go online but still create connectivity with their 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 customers and vice versa that, that's where we're trying to help and I, I think for instance you know at the CVS we just launched um, I think we announced this uh, a couple of months ago 8200 retail stores that will use QR and so therefore touchless and, and if you have 5G in play there, you don't have to worry about any sort of um, network in the store. You don't have to worry about their network going down. It, it just works. And so I, I think that's, and, and it gets even more dramatic. And we've seen the, the situations, especially in really dense urban areas where sometimes a cell signal doesn't work. Some, sometimes the Wi-Fi doesn't work because the access point is in some other part of the store. And then all of a sudden you, you, you go back to, the Stone Ages in a way. And so I think that's what 5G, again, from the ground up has been redesigned to, to try to prevent. And, and it, honestly, it, it's um, it, the COVID situation that we're in right now will be an accelerant, just like we've seen it be an accelerant to go online, to go away from cash. It also will, will be an accelerant for these type of touchless and contactless um, payments and, and other experiences. And, and 5G will, will be able to provide it. So, Gary, this would be the time to explain the effect that 5G has on speed of experience. Yay! I love this bit. <laughs> a 5G <laughs> network can rely on millimeter wave and mid-band spectrum wave for its processes. Millimeter wave are exceedingly fast, but only reliable in short distances, whereas mid-band spectrum is only slightly slower, but has ample space and covers over distance. If a 5G network is set up in-house and in the area, then all in-store payments processes move faster and are not subject to current shutdowns. And all transaction processing between banks, clearinghouses, issuers and merchants move faster. There is a 10 times decrease in latency, 3 times the spectrum efficiency and 100 times the traffic capacity. Money will transfer from end to end much faster and much more seamlessly. It accelerates security processes to protect payments. And best of all, it unleashes the potential of other technologies. Nick Ludlum had a great story about what that can mean. I was recently talking to a city manager in a city down in Georgia that um, really encouraged the deployment of 5G uh, to create a sort of smart city laboratory. 
and experiment with what 5G can kind of enable in a city environment. And one of the applications that they're testing right now is using um, 5G um, with uh, scooters, um, which I'm sure we're all sort of familiar with. And this idea that um, 5G can enable scooters to uh, that maybe have been abandoned somewhere where they weren't supposed to be after somebody took a ride um, can actually be directed autonomously back to some staging area, which is you know good for a few reasons. But but in this particular case, that that staging area could then also be cleaned remotely. Uh, and so those are the sorts of you know really just initial capabilities that are that are live today that people are doing and experimenting with um, that I think speak to this question of contactless and what you know how five G can help be sort of responsive to that. So you could have bikes and scooters that return themselves, allow payment processing, and can even trigger remote cleaning. It sounds a bit like Roomba on steroids. You said something I want to go back to. One of the big questions I had around the speed of 5G is security and data privacy. With increased speeds, data can be moved around faster than we can imagine. With the EU GDPR compliance, that will be less of a concern in the EU. But in the US, it has to be a huge worry. It's a trade-off. Many times, people trade away their data privacy without being fully aware of their choice. But Arnold thinks that it has become a major concern for U.S. consumers. So he argues that the market will help handle it. Right now, today, to do something like that, even though it's not in the same exact context, you already share information to get those better experiences. Shoppers, in this case, will... will, even currently are demanding control over their data and what's get shared. There's, there's regulations around privacy all over the, the globe that, that tries to control what consumers can demand what happens to their data. What I would say is this is not anything inherent in 5G. The problem and the opportunity gets bigger and broader so there will be an agreement between all the parties involved as to what data you're sharing and whoever makes it, my, my hypothesis is on privacy, whoever makes it easier to control your privacy, in other words, what data you want to share with the application provider and all the parties in, the, in between, that, per, that whoever's doing that better will earn your trust. It will be a competitive advantage to provide that control. And we're seeing that across the, the ecosystem, even now with the current um, state of affairs. I think I prefer the EU approach, even when it is accused of stifling the innovation. It is more consumer focused and it is comprehensive. No one is guessing what anyone can do with your data. I can see that, but privacy has become an important feature of technology in the U.S. for consumers. Apple's been using it as a selling point for a couple of years. Also, the technology leaves a lot of room for you to harness your own data and be paid for it, so you share in the profits. The approach in the U.S. has been an industry-led standard expecting backlash from consumers if they cross the line. Monetizing your own data will be available in the EU as well, but... Having a strict sense of how and where data can be used just seems like common sense to me and gives a proper structure to how data is organized and kept. And that may alter the way 5G is rolled out in each location. 
But the 5G we've been talking about isn't fully realized. The commercials you see advertising 5G in certain cities isn't exactly the same 5G across the board. No, there is still a lot of infrastructure that has to be built to truly make this global. Nick gave us a quick overview of what's in the works. Um, so we're in a pretty good place. But, but from a network perspective, the real keys are spectrum, as I mentioned before, and infrastructure. And, uh, and we need to continue to make sure that, uh, that those radio frequencies that wireless networks use, that we continue to have more of them, that we make those available for wireless networks so that we can handle the, the, the just crushing amount, the explosive demand for mobile data that, that comes from consumers, but will come increasingly from the Internet of Things. And we need to make sure that um, that we continue to speed the deployment of the infrastructure, the, uh, the small cell antennas and and other devices that that carry those uh, those networks um, and those signals. Those are really the keys. And, and like I said, we've made good progress, but there's always more to do to make sure that this reaches more people as quickly as possible. So the cell service that is selling you a new 5G compatible phone isn't working on a full 5G network. All of the carriers are working on building the infrastructure, but it is a huge investment for the telecom companies. We are talking about a complete restructuring of their entire network to really employ 5G everywhere, and then to build on top of that. Like most tech, it is becoming available in cities with population density before it comes to everyone's hometown. But companies need to start designing on it now and reimagining what that experience will be. Doing the upgrade from 4G to 5G without developing 5G-centric applications will really miss the mark. And so I, I think that will be the next wave, as, as Nick says, as the telcos do their upgrades, what are those, those, those killer applications that we saw five, seven years ago with 4G that changed the game? What are the ones in four or five years from now, or even sooner, that really take advantage of this, this new 5G compute model and the way uh, IoT works. What I will say is that people don't, don't quite understand how expensive and how massive this investment is for the telcos because what they're actually doing is restructuring their entire stack, their hardware and software stack to be cloud-centric, which wasn't even a thing 10 years ago for them. Design with a new technology usually requires a reapplication of first principles thinking to rethink and reimagine what the experiences can be with the new tools available. And as we talked about earlier, 5G isn't really a solo technology. A lot of the big changes will happen when it is crossed with other technological capabilities like AI. Just for fun, we asked Arnold what he was exploring and what companies should also be preparing for. Part of my job is, is to explore all the emerging technologies that are out there. And like I said at the beginning, it's one of the more fun aspects of what I get to do. And we, we do it not just on behalf of our competitive interests, but really on behalf of what we want to build for our consumers and our merchant and our overall ecosystem. And one area that I've been surprisingly intrigued by because I, I didn't go into it that way, I was a little bit more cynical, is quantum computing. It, it's, it's, um, it's actually quite fascinating and quite applicable in the financial services area, way more so than, than I thought it would be going into it, like I said earlier this year. Coming out of it, did a ton of research, and we, we realized, for, especially in the financial industry that PayPal is in, 
there's a ton of use cases that are actually quite interesting. Some, some are adjacencies to us, so, so not necessarily all, but certainly within our industry. Things like portfolio optimization, fraud detection, graph clustering, a lot of machine learning and, and AI use cases. It, it's just really, I think, an important thing to be aware of in our industry. Even though it's super early, I won't dispute that. It's actually more real than I think most people give it credit for. And so, so I, I would just, I would just go from that perspective and I'll, I'll just quote one, one data point that we got from McKinsey, which is there's, they're hypothesizing that by 2035, the value, the market value of quantum computing services will be between 32 and 52 billion. So over the next 15 years, 32 to $52 billion uh, in, in just the services of quantum computing. So I, it's just something for, I, I think, tech savvy or tech aware companies within whatever industry they're in to, to just keep an eye out and, and maybe um, dip their toes in. It's going to be completely disruptive when it gets productionalized. And I, I, I am hypothesizing that is not 10 years away, it's five to seven years away and companies need to be aware of it. So it is not a, a ethereal possible thing it's it's going to be real and so I, I i went into this year with a very similar perspective as yours i'm leaving it with a this is a very real technology this is a very real area that companies need to be serious about this is a pretty amazing prediction to happen within the next decade it isn't surprising that quantum computing is both underestimated and going to grow exponentially in the next few years his answer didn't shock me, but that number, 52 billion, is incredible growth. So I hope everyone in our industry is watching that space. We are about to see an explosion of technologies coming together, and I think that the next 10 years is going to change the entire landscape. Having the industry embrace the changes and encourage the infrastructure will be vital. And that's it for this episode of The Money Pot. Again, we want to thank Arnold Goldberg from PayPal and Nick Ludlum from CTIA for their incredible stories and insights. And we want to thank our producers, Rachel Morrissey and Roland Bodenham. And if you like this episode, pop into Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It helps others find the show. If you have any ideas for the show, please send them to podcast at money2020.com. Thank you for listening. This is essential. 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 This is Essential Audio.